You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. We're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg. This is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, White Sox fans. Brett Valentini here hosting the Southside Sox Mothership Podcast number 51. This is take two, but you guys don't know that. No, you guys don't know that. It's Mitch Ransdell. We're talking about Rich. We're talking to Mitch Ransdell here. He is, oh, he's got a unique position with us at Southside Sox. He really is our, at this point at least, only sort of artist in residence, also writer. Uh, he's cranking out the terrific weekly uh, player of the week pieces, giving us a nice uh, a tasty, unique uh, take on the White Sox players every week. And it's sometimes a challenge because he's already had a couple uh, repeats. Uh, so it hasn't necessarily been easy. The this, this season's been terrific, but sometimes we've had some repeat guys uh, being honored, particularly in, in the starting rotation. Mitch, it is terrific to finally be able to talk to you on one of these podcasts. You as well. Thanks for, uh, thanks for the invite. I appreciate it. Did I uh, approximate the... Uh, the down homeness of the name Ransdale pretty well. You did. You did. You nailed it. You nailed it. <laughs> Excellent. My expectations were, were pretty high. So you, you did spend <laughs> about five years in Texas, which isn't exactly, you know, Kentucky, Tennessee. Yeah, but, no, you know, no. Right. Close, close enough. Yeah, close enough. Know, it was hard time. It was hard time. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, so Mitch, um, I, you know, mistakenly, really, I got to be honest, I thought that we'd sort of already been able to talk directly. Uh, Mitch sort of joined up with us when we were in the guise of Southside Hit Pen, uh, and in fact, doing the Sports Illustrated gig last summer. So it's been about a year 
we've been sort of associated in the same crew. And I, and I sort of figured that maybe we'd already at least done a brief sort of video intro thing. And you're actually such a one man band that you were so great with your videos uh, and doing sort of your time-lapse art and introducing it so well, I guess you're like, well, Brett, I don't need you. I'll just do my own thing. <laughs> and so just stay away. You can only sort of screw it up. <laughs> uh, so I appreciate that. That's awesome. But it's, it's even better to be able to talk to you uh, directly. Finally. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's talk, Mitch, before we get into your art, your writing, uh, let's just talk about how uh, really your fandom uh, uh, began. Yeah, well, so my family, uh, my mom was from the from Roseland. So she was she was grew up a South Side girl. My dad was from the North Burbs. And uh, somehow they they both just sort of settled on the socks. Uh, They got married. They had me. And uh, so it was sort of a natural thing. so I sort of came of age uh, going to first ball games when, you know, new Comiskey Park was happening and Frank Thomas. And mm. so that was sort of the Sox environment that I that I grew up in. Um, and then sort of the long, slow climb to 2005 um, when that's that's when things sort of really cemented for me, like I'm sure is, is the same for probably a lot of a lot of Sox fans my age. Um, so oh five, that's what really did it, you know. Woke up early in the morning, skipped school, went to the Sox parade, and it was just, it was all over for me after that. So I sort of, uh, I sort of teased you before we started this, started and then started our second take, uh, Mitch. But uh, it's interesting when I uh, talk to folks, and of course, almost always uh, at least a little younger than me, that it turns out that oftentimes, like their favorite game or their, some of one of their most memorable moments, you know, I actually maybe was actually in the, in the park at the same time. And I do not know the uh, geography of the parade well enough to confirm this, but uh, like you, uh, my dad and I went down to the parade and like you ah. and your dad, we were watching from a bridge. And I remember that because the cops kept yelling at my dad to get off the bridge and he okay. of course, was cussing back at them. Uh, so <laughs> I don't know how many different bridges people were on, but we could very well have been enjoying I... the parade from the same bridge that that would not shock me and this might be a bit of a false memory but i do remember seeing people climbing up on the you know the old the rusty wrought iron and all that well so the one who was very back was my father was was your father <laughs> and probably me tugging at him saying it's not that big a deal we're here to celebrate uh so yeah that i but i saw that i thought oh you know what i we were definitely there together and I ran it, whether we were just one of uh a million together or we maybe were a little closer I'll, but i'll go back to the little roll of snapshots we took that day i'll look for you i'll see <laughs> see if i can see you in the crowd there um all right so uh what first game well when, when, what season was your first game so uh probably would have been Probably 94, somewhere right around there. It's probably 94, I would say. Yeah. So I, so I, I was just, I just missed old Comiskey. Um, too young to have any memories of that, which is why, of course, I'm obsessed with it now. (laughs) Where is it? It's out there somewhere. Uh, so, so I, I, I just missed that, uh, which is just a great (laughs) tragedy, but it's okay. I have to live vicariously through through other Sox fans who were able to, to, to witness that the magic of that space, you know? Um, uh, yeah. So, so 94 was, was probably my first game. Yeah. I'll ask my dad. 
still, um, I mean, <laughs> sorry, Mitch, I invite you on just to rub your face in it, but let me tell you hey. about old Kubiski. <laughs> please, please. <laughs> uh, of course, you know, by far my favorite park still uh, today. And of course, I'll admit, I'm sure that has a lot to do with the fact that I'm a White Sox fan and it was my first park, but uh, did, uh, was in college in, in Texas when the park shut down, uh, drove up, I want to say it wasn't, the, it wasn't the last weekend, but I want to say maybe it was the second to last homestand, drove up in September with a friend who'd never been, drove up from mm-hmm. Texas, uh, saw la- a, 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 a series of games. It was in the upper deck one, one game. Uh, and as I left, I knew for the last time, of course, you know, really sad, not no tears yet. Cause not, nobody was, they weren't saying na na na, you know, for the, for the actual closing of the park. But I do remember getting, before I realized, or I could never have anticipated that people were just going to be able to like take trunk loads of bricks, you know, <laughs> back their way up to the old park and just take bricks. Yeah. You know, I thought I was being really like sort of a clandestine in just getting some paint. Just, I remember grabbing some paint and putting in like my souvenir cup and being like, oh, okay, man. I have a memory. But, you know, then of course, as it turns out, everybody and their brother, uh, bricks that never even saw Comiskey Park or the South Side are uh, Comiskey Park bricks. <laughs> That's uh, right. But, yeah, you know, it was it was nice, you know, to be able to skate. And that was a terrific season that last year, that 1990 season. They came out of nowhere, obviously, to be just this this sort of yeah. force. You know, they came of age, um, you know, the timing, I guess, was right. And then, of course, the new park, really right for Jerry Reinsdorf, certainly uh, for everybody yeah. excited. And then a couple of years later, Mitch, young Mitch comes by and says, all right, hey, they just win every year. This is great. <laughs> Man, I didn't know Incredible. I was a fan of the Yankees. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Uh, And I guess I should mention that, of course, we are uh, publishing this uh, podcast sort of uh, in conjunction with uh, Mitch's Beat the Players, which is something we do, uh, particularly when the person who is being featured for the first time, even though he's been on this site for quite a while, uh, for the first time on a podcast. uh, That's sort of how we try to put this together. So you can, of course, read a little bit more. I'm not going to cover every point from Meet the Players here in this podcast. But one thing I wanted to bring up, because your favorite baseball movie is one that that does get kicked around a little bit. And I know there's some, there's a shoeless Joe connection there. I think that really probably makes it for you, but I think uh, field of dreams gets a, it gets a rougher uh, ride from people than is probably warranted. And I have to say uh, it, it, it brought a tear to my eye and watching it with my dad in the theater. And I think it's hard if you've had that experience um, and this doesn't have to be a a boy and a father or a man and his father. It can be a a girl fan. It can be, it can be anybody really. It can be a father to a son. Absolutely. Uh, If you've had that experience, it's pretty hard not to be a little choked up. And granted there is obviously the the movie itself, you know, it certainly has a little bit of saccharine to it, of course, but uh, I mean, it's pretty hard not to um, uh, take a punch in the throat. Um, at, at least toward the end of that movie. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's something it it kind of grasps as something that uh, just sort of the soul of the game. You know, it's a really hard thing to capture on film. And uh, yeah, and there's you know there's not that much baseball in it. You know, so it's it, it's able to sure. do that by kind of talking about the game and and how the game showing how the game affects people. And uh, yeah, so that that one I just—it's I'm so sentimental about it, you know. So that that one will always get me. And Mitch, given the fact that Ray Liotta is Joe Jackson swinging from the wrong side of the plate, it's probably good that there's not that much baseball. Uh, yeah, yeah, they could have stayed. They could have stood for a little more research. Uh, yeah, well, Ray, you know, you're an athletic sort of guy. You're young. Just. I think you can develop a swing from the left side of the plate. You we can, can like, you, you we can, can fully <laughs> art the crack of the bat. Jeez, man. Absolutely. Uh, Movie strange. magic. Strange. Yeah, <laughs> real strange. 
Um, yeah. All right, let's jump into, um, I guess I want to know about how you got your starts and sort of both things you're doing for us, in addition now to podcasting, that is. Uh, and let's start <laughs> with the art, because uh, you're a pretty dynamic force with the art. Uh, it's not just limited to uh, sort of how I think most of us got to know you, which is through the the Sharpie art, because what you're doing mm-hmm. for us is, uh, it, by and large, uh, exclusively uh, pencil uh, sketching. Um, and I think you've even started maybe even to dabble into some, some, some paint as well. Uh, yeah. but you know, sort of how did the art come together? How long you've been doing it? And I know it's, I, I think it's been relatively recent. You've actually been sort of been putting this to the White Sox, but uh, give us yeah. some background there. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was always drawing as a kid. So that's, that's something that's, that's always been there since I could, you know, hold a, hold a marker or a crayon or something. Um, and I, I went to art school. I went to Columbia College, Chicago. Um, so I developed that a little bit more there and, um, you know, hobbies come and go. It was, uh, dabbled with graphic design and things like that too. Um, and then, so when, when COVID hit and I'm kind of sitting here, I'm around the house, I was, I was laid off for about six months and I just, I had a lot of Sharpie markers laying around. I had a lot of paper and I just sort of, I started dabbling. And, uh, I just, so I, I guess the root of this, and I don't know if I've ever really expressed it. I think I kind of discovered this recently. So remember, uh, at, at the current ballpark, the outfield fence, they used to have those sort of posterized before they moved the retired mm-hmm. numbers. Up, right. They had them out in the outfield. That was fence. Pretty cool. It was really cool. Yeah. I, I love that. And, and so that's sort of the root of it is this sort of posterized, mm-hmm. like it's sort of abstract faces, yeah. you know, it's like, well, you can kind of tell it's mini yeah. so, but. Uh, you know, unless you know what to look for, it's uh, so I thought that was really interesting. So with Sharpies, you know, it's it, it's one color. It's kind of hard to it was a challenge mm-hmm. to kind of make these people look recognizable. Um, so I think it's kind of rooted in in that outfield, that outfield fence. Rest in peace. I wish they hadn't gotten rid of that because it, it was like just such a cool thing. Um, so, yeah, dabbling with that in COVID and just sort of developed into this whole shebang that was a that was a really unique um aspect of the park um especially given that it sort of got birthed in you know unfortunately you know it caught a lot of criticism um deserved i I suppose i mean certainly uh hindsight 2020 deserved given the direction new ballparks went but i mean pretty quickly they made attempts to correct that and it's a terrific ballpark and it's interesting that you wouldn't i mean I don't know if because there are statues dotted throughout the park now that it's like, well, we don't need stuff on the wall too, but geez, right. I mean, why not? Well, they're not putting advertisements yet on the yes. walls. <laughs> um, so yeah, it is interesting that that's gone away and it is a shame. It's a really interesting Genesis. Now, listen, for a guy who can't, I could not come, you know, I have no artistic skill. Okay. Uh, it seems really like this is a, this is an all-in proposition. I mean, you you screw up with Sharpie art, you pretty much got to crumple it. Um, yeah. Any, I mean, this speaks to your natural gift that you're able to just sort of throw this down. Now, were there any stops and starts and sort of getting into this, or did you just sort of fall into it? Like, yeah, this is this is like a niche that I can easily fill. So, I the first one I did is 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 old Comiskey, the, uh-huh. the facade. A lot more forgiving because it's a <laughs> sure. building. Okay. You know, if one brick is like that, you're not going, huh, strange. Uh, so that was sort of an experiment. I had tried that um, about a year and a half ago, just kind of for fun. And then I let it sit there. And mm-hmm. and then eventually 
I'm trying to think the first player I tried. It was Shoeless Joe, I think, actually. Um, he has a very recognizable face. And I, so I gave that one a try. I'm always drawing from photos. I mean, I'm by no means like just generating this. It's like there's a picture right here. Right. And I'm, you know, trying to, to essentially uh, to duplicate that and kind of pull out where the shadows are mm. and, and try to capture that, the essence of that. Um, yeah. So it, it started off started off with shoeless Joe and, and Comiskey and kind of uh, expanded from there. And I was trying to pull players from different eras to kind of keep it interesting to people who might not necessarily be old time white Sox, you know? Um, so yeah, I've, I've done a pretty fair representation of the whole, whole team history so far, but that's, that's the great thing about the Sox. There's just so much history to pull from so yeah. many great players and everyone's got a story about each one, you know? So there's always going to be some interest. Yeah, true. Um, I don't know the the term, of course, because I'm very ignorant when it comes to art, but uh, you do sure. like a little bit of sort of like ghosting sort of with pencil before you do commit or or is it just blank page? <laughs> yeah, it, there's, yeah, I, I'm always going in pencil first. Um, and then when I start inking it out, I'm all, <laughs> this was the mistake I made. <laughs> I always start with the face now because oh. the first couple of times I started, oh, let's start with the Sox logo. And then did everything else. And then the face was just awful. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I wasted like an hour on that. Let's start with the face. And if the face looks good, then we'll keep going. <laughs> so that's really the trick. Now I always start with the face. So we've got a little bit of, we got a little bit of Ransdell, like uh cunning room floor. We got a little bit of material out there that uh, isn't quite released. The B sides. Yeah. The, the, B, the B sides are, uh, are in the shredder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> The uh, and and this is another thing we'll uh, link uh, I, back at uh, Sports Illustrated. We we did feature at least one of your pieces, and I, I and I think only one exists to this day because actually the first piece you ever did was the, your terrific take on the uh, iconic Sports Illustrated uh, cover with yeah. Dick Allen uh, juggling and smoking, and there was some controversy with uh, Sports Illustrated saying, "Oh, we, can't, <laughs> we don't have the rights to that." Which is, I go figure, Mitch. It Imagine was, when you was... heard this from me, you're like. You're joking, right? That Sports Illustrated doesn't have the right to the Sports Illustrated cover. Apparently, they apparently they did not. So that was an interesting stop and start, sort of in, in working together, Mitch. That that was a wild one. Um, and and the Dick Allen one came out of uh, so pretty rapidly after I, I sort of made a, an Instagram account, made a Twitter account, started posting things. Um, uh, Nancy Faust got in contact with me mm-hmm. immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, and she had retweeted a few things and, um, Dick Allen's social media guy, Andy Woolley had contacted me. And so I ended up doing a drawing for him and then I did the sports illustrated one. And, and it's sort of, that's sort of where it kind of snowballed. And I started getting a lot of, uh, media attention, which was completely unexpected and, and a lot of fun, you know, cause then people start sharing stories. They yeah. start, you know, Hey, could you draw X, Y, Z? You know, I'd love to have this for my dad for father's day, stuff like that. So, so that's where it's been really great. That's gotta be a fun wrinkle for you. Um, not obviously just in terms of just even be able to do some commissioned work and, 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 and have reason have, and have purpose beyond just deciding, Hey, I'm going to do some Sharpie art, yeah. but I mean, getting the stories, getting the, the reasoning. And then of course, I assume pretty much hundred percent of the time, you know, nailing the desire and, 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 and leaving somebody pretty happy with what you prevent, presented to them. Absolutely. As with, uh, you know, a, 
a, a drawing, you know, the, just nothing else to it. And it's, it'll put a smile on somebody's face. And so that's been really, uh, that's what's really kept this, this thing rolling. It's just a lot of fun, you know, and Sox fans, I mean, it, they're terrific. You know, everyone, like I said, everyone's got a story. It's just this working class feel that I just, I've always loved growing up with, with Sox fans around, you know. There's something in you that is drawn to that. It's not to say you have to have that in you to become a White Sox fan, but it certainly helps. And we all come from very different backgrounds. And there are people, of course, not even from the Chicago area who become White Sox fans. But I Absolutely. do think there's something that you tap into with yourself as a person and not just as a fan that says, okay, this is, this is, the, this is the class of people. This is the group of people. This is the, the, the realness of the fan the honesty of the fan that appeals to me and there are other options for me that ring more hollow. Yeah. This is who I am. Yeah. I think that's what it's always seemed like to me. It's, it's, uh, it's very, it's just, it's gritty. There's nothing gaudy about the socks, you know, it's, it's, you can't, you almost can't make it gaudy. Um, it just, it, it has so much history and grit just imbued in it that I, you know, it's just, it always feels so genuine to me. So I, th- I think a lot of people sense that. Now, unfortunately, listeners, Mitch does not. I- I've, I've tried to find a way, but Mitch does not have like 40 hours a day. He doesn't have like 32 <laughs> hours a day. So I can't actually get him to do even more. But we, believe it or not, we have talked about a lot of different stuff. And hopefully some of that will still come to light because he's the guy I want to go to, you know, really as our, uh, our visual expression at Southside Sox, it's got off to such a terrific start. And one of those things that we discussed, it actually did come to fruition because it did squeeze in that 24 hours a day. It didn't quite go overtime for you. And that is what you're doing for us now. And that's the, the player of the week, which is determined by the fan vote after every game on the six pack of stats. We have, we have the poll, and of course, it's not super scientific, although, you know, believe me, Carlos Rodon is running away with it uh, so far this year, and I think that seems uh, uh, rather accurate. Um, and this is something that you decided to take on that goes beyond. I think probably when we first started talking, I said, hey, you want to just, you know, I think you might have come to me and said, hey, I want to do something. Uh, you know, what are some ideas? And one of the things that we came up with was perhaps doing this sort of uh, uh, week weekly spotlight. And I think maybe I even offered because Lord knows I'm always offering and I want to encourage and say, oh, well, you know, I could, I could maybe write something up and you do the art and, you know, to your credit, and it might not even have got to that point before you just said, yeah, man, I can, yeah, let me put something together. Let me see what I can come up with. And I've, I've said this to you, I think several times already, but the writing is actually very fresh. It's pretty terrific, Mitch. And when you find more than 24 hours a day, we got to get you writing some more, but I t- talk a little bit about that. Cause I think this is some of your very first uh, sports writing and, and what that experience has been like is certainly different from art. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Um, yeah. I, again, creative writing, always something I enjoyed. Love that in school, uh, short stories, nonfiction, a- anything like that. I, I, I enjoy writing. Uh, but yeah, this is, this is my first stint into any kind of sports writing. And so, you know, it's easy to write about something you love. You, you know what I mean? I, it's, you just kind of, if you're paying attention, it, it, I really just felt it kind of, you know, just kind of flows. Um, so it was really a natural fit and it just, uh, it feels great to have just kind of a little, uh, routine going with that. You know, it keeps me engaged. Yeah. Uh, despite, uh, only going to like art school, Mitch, and not going to journalism <laughs> school. No, I mean, one thing that jumps out is you, you, you do have the hook. You do have the lead pretty well. You not, you have a nice theme in most cases. And it's hard to do it every time, especially when you're going maybe even back to back with Yasmani. Uh, but 
you know, there, there's always a hook and it's usually pretty uh, creative and, and, and clever and oftentimes fun or resonant. And that's, that's all we're looking for as right. You could make a, a 2000 word story and you still need that hook, or you can do a few paragraphs like you're putting together for us every week. And it's, it can be just as powerful if you, if you get that hook and, and that's what you're doing. That's what jumps out. Uh, you know, again, to my surprise is like, okay, wait, this guy does art. He does it great. So, oh, great. Now he's writing really well too. All right. Well, I got to give him some kudos because he's just outside all of it. You know, <laughs> I appreciate that. My mom's an English teacher, so she gets some of the credit. <laughs> and I gotta say, uh, Mama Ransdell is is, is is she's a hero here because clearly, even though uh, the parents decided on the White Sox, well, come on, <laughs> North Burbs, hey, I, you know, listen, Pops, he might have always been a White Sox fan, but he obviously had some influences that might have been whispering in his ear to <laughs> you know to go to the dark side. So I'm gonna give. Mom, at least 51% credit for making the right choice there. So uh, I think that's that's fair. Hero, not just as an English teacher speaking to my soul, but also as the core White Sox fan of the Ransdale or the Ransdale. Uh, okay, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to talk. Uh, we've, we've got the back of the baseball card uh, for Mitch down a little bit. And we're going to talk 2021 White Sox and sort of where we're at and where we're going. And we're going to do that in just a minute. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Hey, everybody, that minute is over. Welcome back to Southside Sox podcast. It's the mothership number 51 featuring Mitch Ransdale. Or if you're a little bit further south of Berwin, as Mitch says, it's Ransdale. And okay, we are talking now 2021 White Sox. Uh, decidedly in first place. Uh, seems like that cannot possibly be compromised by the All-Star break. Uh, I would argue the pace of the team is better than any of us would have thought injuries aside that any of us would have thought given that they are still at least I would say about mid nineties projected wins. Um, your take on what is now pretty much close to the first half uh, a Mitch. Yeah, I tell you, I mean, it's, it's been a really, I think everyone knew it was going to be an interesting season. Um, even before the Larusa announcement, people knew it was going to be an interesting season. Uh, I, I had high hopes for playoffs. I, I still have high hopes for playoffs. I didn't think it was going to happen this way, nor, nor did anybody, um, that were, you know, essentially looking at almost a completely different team than we had on opening day. Uh, it's, it's incredible. I mean, something, I, I don't know what's driving these guys. I guess it's, you know, some of them have, this is a great moment to shine. 
Um, some of them probably don't know how long they're going to be up here. Mm-hmm. Some might be down back up next year. Um, it's a chance to shine. And I think that's, what's really getting these guys going. There is some serious momentum here. That's keeping us afloat. And, and I hope it continues past the all-star break, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Is there a concern on your part as a fan, given the fact that shockingly, um, I think folks were most concerned pre-injury or even into maybe say the alloy injury um no one i think would have said this white Sox starting rotation would have been the strength of the team of, of maybe the main yeah. four aspects of defense bullpen offensive lineup and starting rotation we might have placed that four given the fact that it seemed like a strong three and then well okay who knows um Obviously, it's been enjoyable to see the starting rotation be as tough as nails. Uh, recently, we've seen some cracks in that, I suppose. Uh, concern for you, uh, not only the fact that they've been so healthy, because, of course, that's always just any game. If you can get anything close to 32 starts from the start of these days, like, okay, that's, that's gravy. We can get you past 30. Absolutely. Uh, but the fact that now there's been some effectiveness that's maybe lagged a little bit, uh, a concern looking toward the second half for you, you think that there's going to be just enough guys stepping up, like you've already pointed out with some of these rookies in the, uh, in, yeah. in, the, in, the in the starting lineup, um, that somebody is going to uh, step up and, and sustain the run that the starting rotation has been on. Yeah. I mean, the, the weight has been solidly on the bullpen <laughs> up till this point and, you know, that's, that's a long couple months to, to be really carrying a team and, you know, not to, not to ding the offense at all. You know, there's obviously been a lack of, of power, um, compared to, compared to last season, especially. Um, but uh, yeah, at some point, you know, I think we're starting to see it now where man, just the burden of, of, of carrying this along is it's starting to get to, to get to some of these guys. So, um, yeah, we're going to, they're going to have to dig deep, really kind of just try to pull things together. Just keep, keep it for just, the, just a little bit longer until um, we can at least get a couple healthy bats back. Um, and then I, I think, I think they can kind of, I don't want to say coast, but they'll be able to at least ease back on the throttle a tiny bit and maybe kind of, I don't know, build up some, some reserve energy um, to hopefully take us into the playoffs. As uh True, true to our nature of Sox fans, we sort of start with the scary stuff first, but let's talk about the sort of the flip side of that. And that is the fact that this division is awful. Uh, yeah. This division yeah. is really struggling to provide a challenge for the White Sox. And by no means does that make it a coast. But right now you've got a Cleveland team that might be projecting to 500, might be. I'm not even sure if they are. Uh, if you take it run differential wise, and even if you just project the record, they're not much over 500 because they've been in a tough spin. Uh, they've managed to lose pretty much as we've been struggling to win. Um, that part helps. Now, granted, you don't want to back into the playoffs. You don't want to be a, even though they won the World Series, you don't want to be a 2006 Cardinals or I think 83 and 81 or whatever it was. And then they end up, you know, winning the World Series. You can't count on that. Uh, but just getting there seems like <laughs> there's this golden path uh, yeah. to October, um, again, you want to be strong. You want to be best in the American league, but in terms of just getting to those playoffs, man, it seems like the rest of the AL central is making it, <laughs> making it easy it, for the white Sox. It, it's a little, it's a little scary. And, and, and there's definitely that fear where, oh man, we get there. We get, we finally get there. We look around and then we just get stomped. Yeah. Um, it's that's, that's terrifying and demoralizing for yeah. the players and for the fans. Um, 
you know, last year it was still sort of the sense of, oh, we're still rebuilding. Mm -hmm. So it it wasn't the end of the world. It was, oh, there's playoff experience for these guys, you know, even if it's just a one, you know, one little series, but um, uh, yeah, there's definitely some trepidation there um, that maybe we need a little bit more, a little more challenge here to test, just kind of test the metal here um, before we get to the playoffs. Yeah, that's what's frustrating with with fans. And you know, listen, I get it. I mean, we're not, we're not dwelling on negatives, but you know, fans are like, "Oh, come on, man! They're you know, they're first place. What are you, you know, what are you picking on a team? Or why, you know, why are you down about it?" And 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 listen, it, it is sort of less this weird thing that we have where it's not just, man, we just want to scrape to get into the playoffs. Which maybe even last year in that bizarre season, they were just like, "Geez, just make it. It's great." Even though it seemed like right. you sneezed right. in the playoffs last year. Uh, you know, this year it's like, okay, playoffs is one thing and it's and not to say it's in hand, but it's like, okay, that's our expectation. Now, what do we do when we're in the playoffs? And that's, I think, where some of the, un- the unease and the concern and the holding Rick Hahn's feet to the fire to continue to fortify this team yeah. uh, comes from, because it's like, well, we don't want to just get there and be, you know, one and out. We don't want to be Minnesota Twins. We don't want to win one game like we did in, in Oakland and then just bow out and like, okay, well, let's hope the window of contention stays open. Let's hope we have a season next year. Let's strike now. And so there is those sort of two paths where it's like, well, okay, it's great that we're in first place, but what do we do, you know, in September when, okay, we clinch, but we're clinching, you know, maybe stumbling. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And, and that's where, you know, we're already kind of leaning on any of the guys that have playoff experience, you know, Eaton, you know, look, any of these guys, look, have you been there? Have you, have you seen the promised land? (laughs) Uh, they're all going to play a, a a different role just off the field in in kind of bringing a lot of assuming a lot of these uh, rookies are still with us at the time of the at the time of the playoffs. Um, knock on wood, um, they'll be able to kind of help guide us over that little bump and at least kind of ease nerves a little bit. And so we're not just walking in there like completely blind. And and I do think Larusso will be a a bit of an asset there. Um, I mean, no, you know, you can't deny the guys had, you know, world series experience at the very least. So, um, uh, you know, he's not the worst guy to have in that situation. Things do seem to finally settle down a little bit with maybe <laughs> some of the growing pains. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the balance of fans are pretty critical of Tony Russo. I know there's a lot of pushback now, from a certain segment of fans are like, Hey man, you know, he's a hall of famer. They're in first place back on, you know, and, oh, okay. And obviously I, you know what I think of those fans based on this stupid voice I just gave to them. I'm sorry to voice that any of you <laughs> listening who uh, happen to be a, a big uh, Tony fan, but that's all right. You know, we're, we're fans. We can disagree. Uh, but uh, yeah, certainly it, it's nice to know. I mean, it's good to know that there's not just matches being lit and flicked at you know players once a week i mean it yeah. does seem like and and let's face it maybe because uh things have gotten a little rougher and, and frankly he's not he's not even sure who's going to be on the bench to send into the game at this point with some of the injuries that it's just like okay i'm not going to manufacture anything i'm not going to get into like the the rules or you know whatever the old school rules because i just want like four <laughs> healthy bodies to, on the bench yeah he's trying to fill a lineup card and he's looking around going well <laughs> grab that custodian over there <laughs> now, how, the how much mitch you know again let's go back to speaking to, to your, your fears as a fan i mean the guys have really come through this season cam sheets yeah. comes up he hits the ground running uh jake Berger comes up acts like he's been there uh we've we've seen a little bit of that with the, the pitching as well guys seem to be 
uh, certainly not disappointed with a call. Danny, Danny Mannix has been basically giving you what you think Danny Mannix is going to give you. Um, there's just not that much left. Now, granted, we do have, we're in trading season. So of course, trades, even minor ones can bring in a, a little blood, you know, even the Jake Lamb level uh, guys to the roster. But really when it's tapping into the system, I mean, besides maybe a Tim Beckham who has been lighting it up pretty well in childhood, I mean, that reservoir has got to be pretty much tapped. And that's a little bit daunting too, because there could still be, I mean, as we've seen with Yusmani Grandal, now we have Sebi Zavala up. I mean, there's just, you can't expect any team to be this deep and we can criticize the system or the off season of Rickon or whatever, but I mean, we, the team is what it is right now. And it's, it's nerve wracking to know that, you know, the injuries aren't necessarily going to stop, but they're just, at some point it's going to have to be, all right, I got to trade for that guy because well, we're going to go to single A, you know, for, for, for our next reinforcement. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it's, it's terrifying. Uh, you know, we're just kind of looking back there like, well, who's left, you know, it's uh, again, like you said, kudos to these guys that have yeah. stepped up. It, it's, that's been probably my favorite part of this season. Personally, it's just watching these guys. Hey, welcome to the big leagues. Cracks a, just a clutch, anything. It's just, you know, you can, you can sense that, they are feeling that momentum. They're tapping into that. So there's something there that's driving this team and, and making these guys just, you know, really want it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hey, hey, Andrew Vaughn, welcome to big leagues. Play left yeah. field. Hey, Gary yeah. Sheets, you have 15 games in right field in your life. Get out there. It's, it's incredible. <laughs> and, and you can, you know, they can tell they're having fun. Uh, I, I, imagine that the mood in the clubhouse is is injuries aside they seem to have really good chemistry and they seem to have a lot of fun um i mean i'm sure that's been demoralizing uh but at the same time i mean it's look they're they're still they're still winning you know there's something working these guys are coming up and they're hitting yeah hitting they're fielding there is something in the water that says, and you know, you know, this kind of uh, as as elusive as things like you know confidence and momentum and clutch can be, and we can't really quantify it. I mean, clearly, yeah. there's been something that's been clicking. Where you know, as I think as you referred to, the next guy up is just where that that mentality has been like, all right, and you know, they have they have enough confidence. I mean, at this point, we got for for it seems like weeks now, we've been running out maybe half a major league lineup half an established major league lineup and not necessarily every one of those guys being necessarily good major league talent. But I mean, we're at the point where there's significant gaps every night on the lineup card of guys who don't necessarily have any business, you know, on paper being there. Gavin Sheets should not be starting in, in right field in the major leagues as of yet. It's great that he's proven that he can. Andrew Vaughn technically jumps from high eight right into the majors. And we sort of knew that was happening. Maybe at DH, not in left yeah, field. Not and, in left field. <laughs> and you wonder, you know, Jake Berger comes up. Okay, he's got the jitter, he's got the nerves. Can I do this? Well, okay, you know, not not just because the corner outfielders can do it, but all right, he's at least playing the position he's supposed to be playing. He could be like, all right, I'm a third baseman. Now let's just yeah. focus on the hitting. Yeah. Uh, it's terrific yeah. that these guys just really player after player have 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 managed to, to to step up and sort of keep this run for the White Sox going. Yeah, absolutely. I, and it started with the Mercedes. Yeah. The Mercedes True. episode, you know, it's just, there's just all these, and, and I don't know if it was 
sort of just off season energy building. Hey, the socks, the socks really, you know, and so when these guys get up, they just tapped into it and they know that the socks are supposed to be good. And man, they just, they fed right into that energy. So, I mean that, you know, Mercedes, maybe that was all he had, you know, either way, it was an incredible story. It was an incredible run and he contributed big time to a lot of these wins. And, you know, if each one of these guys can can add a win to the total tally, hey, yeah, great having you aboard. You know, yeah. that's that's what we need. It's a team they, effort. If they get a ring, the guys have done much less have earned a ring. So your mean has earned his ring. If there's a ring to come, if he doesn't play another inning, uh, exactly. With the White Sox, uh, it, it is exciting to know. And and the idea, you know, and I certainly poke fun at it because I think I just referred to sneezing to making the playoffs last year. But, you know, listen, as much as you can say, well, that wasn't a real season and that wasn't a real playoffs and that wasn't real. Was a real. Well, listen, there is something to be said for having made the play. Now, it's not just it wasn't just buzz because you get buzz about teams who haven't done anything, haven't even made a, a you know, a fake playoffs where half the teams make the playoffs. Um, so the fact that there was buzz and there was a little bit backing it, you know, even in a weird season, something backing it that may speak a lot louder than any of us might think. It's easy to say like, oh, okay, what does that matter? It wasn't even a real season. Well, you know, if that's just another thing that you can sort of put on the resume of the White Sox, and if guys join the team sort of bind it to say, hey, if you can trick yourself in your head, okay, um, not performing is not going to be tolerated. You, f- you figure any of the 30 teams, you get up there and you don't perform will be tolerated. Well, they're a lousy team, so it must be tolerated. And the White Sox, we know in very recent history, it's been tolerated. Uh, so there might really be something sort of between the lines there and in the heart that says, well, once you put this uniform on now, whether it's the Smith side version, whether it's the uh, the Sunday, uh, <laughs> the, 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 the Sunday 83s or the traditional uniform or the blacks, uh, you know, once you put that on, hey, listen, I got to perform. And, and, and there's just something in the spirit and, and, and gives you some mental strength. These guys have been there. They're going to pick me up. Um, yeah. That's encouraging. Exactly. And, and like you're saying, that's, it's sort of this uh, undefinable concept. You know, you, you can't weigh yeah. it. You can't measure it. There's no stat to describe it, but there is some sort of buzz, some sort of energy. And uh, it, hey, you know what? It's gotten us this far. So it, it works. I'll take it. Okay, let's bring it back. Let's go, well, not quite full circle because we're not going to go all the way back to 2000 on that bridge where my dad was about <laughs> to get arrested and we were, you and me were just planning on like cheering for the team, but okay. Uh, let's take it somewhat full circle back. Uh, let me ask you two questions about the art directly. Who has been your favorite guy so far to draw in these weekly uh, MVPs? Well, we've seen, yeah, as you alluded to earlier, we've seen a lot of these guys multiple times. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I, I would love a chance to draw Lynn like mid bellow. That would be great again. Uh, I, I enjoy, I enjoy that. Uh, yeah, Rodon's been a lot of fun. Uh, I, I think I, I think I, uh, you know, he's, he's sort of, he's expressive. Um, yeah, so I, I'd probably, probably go with Rodon. Although, Sorry, Ronan. No, actually, uh, Cease, Cease is batting. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was sweet. Cease, Cease, the, the Dylan Cease game. That, that trumps it. Uh, that, that, that that's the one. Sweet. Yeah. That, that's, that's gotta be the, the favorite of the season. Yeah, pitcher yeah. who puts, uh, point to war up just for one game. 
That is pretty sweet. And the fact that, yeah, you got to capture it. Well done, voters. Thank God you delivered that for us. Oh, we so really glad. needed that art. Okay. <laughs> so so let me then ask the, the sort of the flip side of it, uh, because there are a number of guys who have not been able to be uh, featured, including guys uh, who've been injured yeah. all year. Who's the guy you're most looking forward to finally doing, whether it's this season or maybe even next? Yeah, that's, that's great. Um, uh, let's see. Who have we not seen yet? We haven't seen... Looking down the, th- uh, we did Kopech. I was really excited to mm. do Kopech. Mm-hmm. That was great. You know, I love that. I just, I, yeah, the, he's got something, got yeah. something special. I enjoyed doing that one. Um, it was fun to get a chance to do Mercedes. Mm. Uh, I, I would love to do uh, an Eloy because we didn't really get a chance. I think we may have touched on it in the, in the spring training, but right. I, I would love to, you know, he's got, he's got, <laughs> He's so recognizable. You know, he's got the gloves. He's got mm-hmm. the sunglasses. He's, he's got so many things going on. It's just fun to draw. Yeah. I, I Hopefully we'll get a chance. Hopefully we'll get a chance this season. Yeah, he's see, boy, if you talk to him, he's like showing up and every time, you know, he's going to end in Baltimore. He's, he's, he's ready. Show, he just shows up. It's like, I, I know, know I'm supposed to be doing my rehab, but I just figured maybe I'll show up in Kansas City. Maybe hey, you guys need me. He's going to be, he's going to be sneaking in Why? in like the mascot uniform. It's going to be Southpaw <laughs> walking out there and he's going to take the, the head off and it's going to be Eloy. Yeah. He, anything he can do to get out there. <laughs> he's whispering to Vaughn like, okay, Tony's a little older. I don't know how well he can see. Let me just exactly. go out there for one inning. Yeah, let's see what happens. Let's just see what he's, happens, Andrew. He's in the front row of the bleachers and he's trying to do a little switcheroo. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew, get caught in the net. Believe me, I know how to do it. Get caught in the net. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah. yeah, I would think also Liam Hendricks would be one that you would enjoy uh, doing. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be tough I, for a closer, but you know he hasn't he has a he hasn't nails week, and everybody else is, is quiet. I think it will be Liam Hendricks' time. Yeah, I'm telling you again, someone just who's so expressive. Uh, I've just been drawing him anyway. Just <laughs> <laughs> aside from that, because uh, it's just yeah, I I you know I I didn't know much about him uh when he came to the Sox uh other he was Australian you know yeah. that's pretty much the, that's the fact you know right. uh man has that guy grown on me mm-hmm. uh I just I his attitude is <laughs> it's mm-hmm. it's incredible you know um it's just the way he psychs he, he's like a method actor mm-hmm. you know he just psychs himself up and I, <laughs> it's it's terrifying yeah. um it's so it's so exciting to watch that guy. So he's he's really really become one of my favorites, uh, and he's a, he's a nice guy. He's just a really nice guy. And he's so much fun. I mean, he's he's terrifying. I'm sure on the mound. He's certainly intense, but he's so goofy. Even as a pretty yeah. young, I don't think he was quite established when we did a whole we did a whole post. Uh, I think our usual photo day. We had a split into two. We did the rest of the team, and then we just did Liam because then we even dipped into when he was in Oakland, and he was like still he was posing with the bat. He's posing like right. biting the ball, you know, whatever goofy yeah. stuff. And you know, all these guys sort of want to do that. Like, God, yeah. this is boring. I don't want to keep saying, oh yeah, I'm going to do that pose where I look really intense or whatever. And he's just like, forget it. First of all, let's shoot like, I mean, I guess you don't have roles anymore, but let's shoot a hundred <laughs> on me. And you know, I, yeah, I want a bat. I want to put a batting helmet on. I'm going to show you my batting gloves. You know, why do I got batting gloves? Uh, the guy's just sort of nuts. He's not afraid that it's one thing to be a little crazy, like, you know, talking trash in the bullpen or something but we right. were just like right yeah i'm going to be crazy in public on photo day yeah and you're yeah. going to take it uh he's, yeah. I, I like that extra it, that extra gear is pretty cool absolutely he's just yeah he's unapologetically himself you know he's like look when i'm going on the mound i'm going to be intense 
that's how I play the game. And off the mound, he's, he's just going to be himself. And it's just, I, yeah, it's really refreshing. I, I love that. Yeah. You know, that, I mean, talking about like changing the game. Ah, he's one of those guys. Mm-hmm. It's just, he's not afraid to just do what he needs to do to win, you know? And it's hard to look at a closer. And I think it's probably still hard for a guy like that to pull it off real like leadership and clubhouse leadership. I'm sure it's possible, but I think it's tough, especially it's a new team. And when you start looking at, oh, geez, $18 million for a closer and their bullpen was already strong. Okay. And listen, I was one of those guys. I think a lot of fans were like, hmm, is this really where we should be spending our money? Um, but that aside, you realize now what you've got in this guy who's going to probably bring something to the table, even if he is scuffling. Whereas maybe an Alex Colome, you know, probably wasn't necessarily that presence if he was struggling, which he didn't want the White Sox, but had he. Uh, Liam Hendricks, you figure, is going to be bringing presence and confidence and support for his team in a leadership role, in almost a captaincy kind of role. Uh, and boy, that, I mean, you, you spend anything for that. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, when you see this guy close three games in two days and stuff like that, you're seeing him all the time and the players are on the bench yeah. seeing them all the time. And it, yeah, it's, re- it's, he comes out there and I feel good. I feel confident, you know? So it, I know if it's making me feel like that, it's making the players feel like that. Um, yeah. Mitch, I think we are talking ourselves into just, I think we're just handing the next player of the week just to Liam because we're talking about so much. Wink, so, wink, all right, wink, do nudge, it, man. Nudge. <laughs> Forget it. Sorry guys. Your votes aren't going to count this week. What, we're just whatever doing it Liam. takes. <laughs> You just got to have it. It's the first half. Come on. Uh, Mitch, this has been a ton of fun. We have uh, a lot of other um, irons in the fire. Again, when you when you get the 40-hour day, please let me know because uh, there's a lot more stuff I want you to do, including, listen, man, hop on some other podcasts because uh, your voice is fun. It, it's fresh. And uh, I know there's a lot of things you're juggling. But uh, absolutely uh, welcome to do this again because this has been yeah, a ton of fun. Yeah, Everybody, as always, thanks for listening to these podcasts, including the sort of Meet the Players podcast, where you get an introduction to our you know, ever-growing and, and very diverse, fun, colorful staff, uh, including our latest profile, uh, Mitch Ransdell. Um, and uh, it was good to get a chance to uh, learn about you, Mitch, and, and thanks for taking the time to do this. Likewise. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. All right, you're, this is this is. Hey, I know it's just sort of a short, like morning, early afternoon before the game, but hey, this is. I mean, I'm just declaring it. It's Mitch Ranzel Day, so hey. meet the players, read it up, uh, listen up. Thanks you for making it to the end and listening uh, to our podcast number fifty one. And we're going to have another one. Oh gosh, probably sooner than you know. You sneeze, and there'll be another podcast number fifty two will be up anytime now. But that does not excuse you from having enjoyed this and maybe even re-listening to this fabulous podcast with Mitch Ramsdale. Thank you, Mitch. Uh, let's do this again sometime. Thanks so much. We'll do.